Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a walk with a guest to take a little wander into their life. Melissa Hemsley spent her early career as a private chef for some pretty big stars before becoming a food columnist and best-selling cookbook author. Melissa has written five books packed with nourishing recipes. Her approach to cooking is centered very much around making feel-good food with seasonal ingredients in order to eat sustainably and provide our bodies with nutrient-packed fuel. Recently, Melissa announced that she's pregnant. After several rounds of IVF and having multiple miscarriages over the last two years, this is something that Melissa has struggled with and has spoken about publicly. And so I'm keen to speak to her about how we can better support women and families going through the same thing. Melissa is also part of the ADHD family, and so I'm keen to find out about her experience of being diagnosed with ADHD and what it's meant to her and her life. Guys, I'm so excited to announce my new book, The Mind Manual. This book is exactly what it says on the tin. I have put years and years of work into this, making sure that it is everything it needs to be and more. It is the book for everyone. It is the book for anyone, regardless of where you are on the mental health spectrum. It's to improve your mental health, it's to protect your mental health, and to make sure you get the most out of your life. I am so proud of what I've written. I've put it together using all my experience and knowledge, using all the evidence that's out there, and bringing together practical, real-world advice and tips to make sure that you can get the best out of your life. So please do make sure you go and pre-order the book now. I know it's going to help people. I feel very proud. I put everything I can into it and I've made sure it's the book that it needs to be. Pre-order now. I've got a, my ankle's a bit weak at the moment, so I'm going to go a little bit slow. So I thought, do you know what, let's I can blame, I yeah, blame not on the No, but listen, I've, so I've been weirdly, you might know about this, yeah. I've been picking my foot. Are we recording already? Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, I've been picking my foot. In what context? Okay, just the, <laughs> the sort of heel of my foot. And yeah. I've noticed it's a sort of, must be some sort of anxiety mm. thing when I'm watching TV. It's obviously yeah. disgusting. But now my foot is, you know, sore on the left. Oh. And then something on my, something came up on my Instagram feed. It was like, reasons you might be picking your feet. Yeah. And, you know, or, or just picking anything, like whether it be nail or foot. So I've got a dodgy left foot. Which, which I've foot? got my left ankle. So I, I broke, um, I broke my ankle in Glastonbury years ago. This is yeah. literally a decade ago and has never healed very well. And the more that I exercise, oh, unfortunately, it triggers it off. And sometimes it hurts a lot. So sometimes it's the innocuous. It wasn't a big break, but it's one of the Little ones sometimes give you the big, yeah. biggest, tru- so biggest troubles. So we're struggling with our left leg. So is it your left we wouldn't, foot? Yeah, we wouldn't be good in a three-legged. So le- I'm really three grateful. You made me feel better about the fact yeah. that my stomping is at seventy percent today. I'm not a full. We're, we're on a mini, a, a mini stomp. Oh, look, at look at these, these guys. Got a whole, this is fantastic. Oh we're just God, looking at a, how nicely they a, walk uh, together. Pack of dogs. Uh, afternoon. That is a lovely group. Oh, like got every size. Well, it's nice to. I say this before. In the episodes before, we should always say hello to people in London. Yeah. No one says hello. Hi. I'm like, morning, hello, hello. How are you? hi there. See, oh, and then the smile, smile back. I just had a, a heart flutter. 
There you go. And with that, welcome to the Stompcast. I, we've, had a, we've had a great time uh, in the past, you and I. I remember when we were, um, we were cooking up a storm. Well, actually, you were cooking up a storm in my kitchen. Oh, you cooked nice with storm. me. You cooked I, I, with me. I followed some instructions and did a few bits and bobs. But you mostly, made us go super spicy. Do you remember? We went very spicy. We well, went, we made, we made, was it Vietnamese or Thai? Yeah. No, it was, it was a Vietnamese. It was a bit of a fusion, but it was, mm. I guess, primarily Vietnamese inspired because it had lots of mint and so on. Oh, it and was we quite put, unbelievable. It was great, wasn't it? We, put, we made a chilli, limey sweet garlicky sauce and then we all dug in and we had quite a crowd around at your home that day we did actually we did we really i, I didn't think it lasted very long that was gone <laughs> that was so tasty and i actually cooked it again but unfortunately you're the best will in the world i just couldn't quite make it with the same pizzazzle that you did oh really yes yeah, so you had that extra bit of something to bring the, bring it to life but it was still tasty still very tasty but i just need to practice a bit more i think do you think are you enjoying your cooking more and more i think uh, I, i'd like to say that i have been. I, I think cooking is something that I don't always enjoy alone. I think it's more yeah. something I enjoy with other people. And because I live alone with a dog, he's eating his dog foods. He's got lovely dog uh. foods. But cooking for one, I just don't find the same enjoyment. Like I enjoy what we did, like cooking with someone yes. else or a friend, because it's social and you're doing something. You're talking and you're catching up while cooking. That I enjoy. I enjoy eating food. Don't get yep. me wrong. But sometimes the cooking is. A challenge I think sometimes because sometimes when you're posting and you say things like I've just I've just done you know had some power revision or mm. I've just done another exam and I wonder if when you're specifically doing some really brain intensive work whether you reach for more sort of nutrient dense foods or if you just grab what you can I actually um, it's again it's interesting so I at the moment I generally get like meals like i guess ready-made meals that cook fresh there's a there's a store down below where i live and i get the food food oh, it's from nice there. there isn't it so you kind of get whether it's like the salads or pastas and things like that and i just find that i don't know like people would argue against this maybe but sometimes it's actually cheaper by the time you cook something in the oven this is for one true. person like i can buy a meal for four pounds and yeah. i really enjoy that meal really tasty i don't know that i could make a dish with like meat and you know, yes. it. I, I'm sure you can if you bulk make, but I just find at the moment it's just where, what I'm doing, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, exactly. You're making it work. You know what I always find, um, in case this is helpful, a little tip. If I buy a ready meal, mm. I have a little look at it and I go, right, is it? Because often, often the red, in ready meals, you don't get as many, let's say, greens mm. as you might like. So I might just also grab, you know, some rocket or some baby spinach or just even some herbs. And then when I heat up my ready meal, I'll add the, the green. So I've got oh, that extra nice. boost. Nice. So it's just working with what you've got. What's amazing when we were speaking. We, so we said we weren't going to go fast. Oh, yeah, we are going, going fast. Uh, I only have one speed and let's go. I've stolen that from, uh, who said that? Sheen, wasn't it? Uh, Mike, my, uh, was it Sheen, Michael, need... Sh Michael Sheen? What's his name? Michael Sheen. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, bless you. Thank you. Well, sorry for your loss. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, look out for each other. We love it. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Stomping away. So look after yourselves. Thank you for stopping us. Take Appreciate care. Have it. a good walk. Oh, that's lovely, Alex. It's nice to two nice sisters. To meet people, eh? Two yeah, sisters telling you about their dad. Yeah. Difficult things happen so lots of love to them and if those if those two ladies listen back to it thank you so much for the stopping saying us. hello to us absolutely absolutely so michael sheen 
Yes, I can't remember. Your the fellow Welshman. I was no, it was not Michael Sheen. It's the wrong person. What's his name? You know, she, you know, she, Charlie Sheen. Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. For God's sake, there. All the Sheen, the American side Charlie, of the family. Charlie Sheen. He's like, I got one, one, one speed. Go. Everyone's yeah. going to give me so much stick for it. That's the wrong thing. <laughs> yes, I'm not very good at pacing and my stomping. Is basically what I was trying to get. At. No, and actually, some some of my family and friends don't like walking with me because I walk fast yeah and they're like this isn't relaxing but i yeah i, I, I think guess we'll break we'll take it down a level i wonder if it's because we both we both have adhd don't we and yeah uh, so the point we were cooking together in the house a little while ago you were diagnosed and i was on the journey wasn't I? that's it yeah so I, it makes probably a lot of sense because i guess we we've got all that energy pent up energy and it's a way of letting it out isn't it yeah and also because there's so many different elements to to ADHD, of which they're discovering many more. Yeah. But one is um, this idea that one can be hyper-focused and mm. one can be scattered. Um, and I think, so when I'm like, I'm going for a walk, I'm going for that walk. I'm yeah. Charlie Sheening it. <laughs> go, yes, go. Uh, and actually, it is nice sometimes to remind, if you're walking with someone, uh, to, to slow down. And actually, I'm quite conscious, even now, as I'm talking, when I listen to podcasts on my walk, if the narrator or the guests are speaking about quite an intense subject, you walk faster. or speak exactly, walk exactly. faster. And if someone's got a really, like for example, if I ever need to sort of calm down a bit, love listening to a bit of Saturn Returns because yeah. Kagi has the best, <laughs> most relaxing voice, and I walk super slow. So I do You'll try and time music as well. Yes. So if you listen to classic listen FM, to, Dr. Exactly, Alex yes, George, please catch up with a bit of classic <laughs> FM. Have a listen to. You know, if you're listening to that kind of slow-paced music, you you will slow down. It's a, it's a good reason why, if you're someone that does struggle with a bit of road rage or driving a bit quickly, then listening to slower-paced music rather than listening to stuff that gets you kind of going yes. is a sensible thing. So know? maybe a bit more Magic FM than history, yes, Garage maybe. Classics. And, and before exams, absolutely. You know, if you're going to sit an exam, don't listen to heavy metal before you start your exam. I mean, maybe you will want to wake up, maybe someone that goes in and finds it hard to kind of get the energy up. But if, like a lot of people, you're struggling to calm down, then probably yeah. listen to something that's going to get you focused rather yes. than hyped. Well, every time, as you know, um, when I would be waiting for a scan or a pregnancy test or anything, I would, I would try and sit in the waiting room because hospitals are very, you know, especially, well, for many, but especially if you have ADHD and you have sensory overload. And I've, all, I've been wondering how you coped with that now that you know about your ADHD because... Whenever I go to the hospitals, the light, the bright lights, the, the, the sound echoes. So I'll, I will always sit quietly and, um, and just try and listen to something soothing before I go in so that I'm not already pent up for yeah. the bad, you know, like my body's not in fight or flight. For people listening, let's give some perspective from where we're talking because we, we, we know each other. And so we were, I think it's about a year ago probably, that we were yeah. cooking in my kitchen and making some content because I wanted to kind of capture, I mean, one of the things that you do brilliantly is that you love to basically not waste and use leftovers, combine different food elements, look at ways that you kind of have what you have in the fridge and what can you make from that. And I, we loved that. That's kind of what, in a way, what we made and, and the kind of approach that we took, like how do we put everything together into a meal? Um, so between then um, and the fantastic cooking that we did, or you did. Um, we well, did. You, <laughs> you were diagnosed with ADHD around yes. that time. And uh, since then, you, you're now pregnant, yeah. which is incredible. And a huge yeah, congratulations. Thank you. We're going to talk a little bit later in the episode about that process because you underwent IVF yep. uh, treatment for that. And I think it'd be really powerful for people to hear that journey because, as you've spoken about, it's, it's not the easiest and there's yeah. ups and downs. Let's, let's definitely talk about that. I'm sure people find that 
incredibly inspirational. I think we'll come on to that in part two. What I'd love to talk about now is kind of how you've ended up where you are. Because your five books, is it? Yeah. Six, seven, eight before long, no doubt. <laughs> your five books in and your ethos around um, thinking about what you have, not wasting, making sure your food fuels you yes. rather than restricts you is something that I, I love. It's a big reason why I wanted you to come on my YouTube channel. How did you go originally from being a private chef for lots of different fancy people <laughs> to doing what you do now? Because I think that's a really interesting starting point. Like, I think people have very exotic views of being a private chef. Is it as amazing yeah. as it sounds? Well, Instagram, there's, there's like a couple of people I love following on Instagram now who are like private chef accounts. And yeah, I don't remember it being that glamorous, but I did massively enjoy it. And what I actually quite liked, and that's when I got into Classic FM actually, because my first client who was in Take That always had Classic FM playing. So we're talking 12, gosh, how old am I? I'm 37. We're talking f almost 15 years ago now. I'd go to his, his home. I would let myself in. I would have gone via the shops the day before, seen what was in season, see what was in abundance. Um, and then I'd put Classic FM on, start cooking and uh, just have the best time to myself. And if he was around, I might serve up some lunch for him and some bandmates or people or pretty much just kept to myself. And then I would freeze some food. I would fridge up some food. I'd, you know, write down what it was and, you know, what date I made it. I'd clean up. So I love a big clean down at the end of the day. And then I'd head off by about 4 p.m. So my day sort of started at 5, finished at 4, and I changed depending on if there was a dinner party. And I totally fell into that. I mean, when I say I fell into it, long story short, my sister and I, someone said, oh, you two cook, don't you? You've got a cooking business. And we didn't. I was on a sabbatical. I was working in hospitality. And actually, looking back now, probably a little bit burnt out because it was very day worky and then in the evening mm. you know you'd be out checking the venues mm. uh, saying hello to the people that were having the parties checking everything was okay so on this sabbatical and I was like oh I'll just do it for a couple of weeks and I remember not being intimidated because I was actually a boy's own fan mm. love take that but I was really in love with and still am with Frater. Ronan Keating yeah. and so I remember thinking okay I hadn't really come across many celebrities I'm sure they'll be really nice and I if they're not nice I'll just say it's not working out, yeah. nothing to lose. Yeah. And on day one, I left with such a spring in my step and I thought, wow, I really enjoy doing this. How totally random, never so what, occurred what to me. what was day one like? What did you do on day one? So did you turn up and they're like, oh, you got your own business. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, no worries. No, no, <laughs> no, we, no, 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 we totally said, we totally told the truth and we're like, well, we don't have this business. And he said, well, we're reforming as a band. It was their first reform because, yeah. you know, they've had several reunions. Yeah, sure. And I just can't find someone whose food I like. Yeah. There were, there was a, I remember there was a raw food company at the time. I mean, this is 15 years ago. Mm. You know, you didn't have your whole foods, your planet organics. There sure. weren't, it wasn't easy to get access to healthy food. And he just said, can you just help me in the interim? So everybody, it was a very relaxed way to start a job. And it, and it was great. What and did I, you make? What did you cook? Oh God, I have no idea. I think I pretty much said, I'm just going to cook what I want to cook. Is that okay? <laughs> Boundaries. Was, was, was Gary a fan? Did you say, oh, it's lovely? Gary, Gary wasn't the first one we cooked with, but then really? Gary came on board. And Gary's an amazing chef. And this yeah. is the thing, a lot of people that we cooked for are real foodies, mm. but they just didn't have the time and sure. it was something that they could outsource. And yes, yeah, still really good mates with Gary now. Go to all his shows, his theatre. Um, we always send each other restaurant recommendations. Oh yeah, we're really going for the hills today, yeah, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, you could. <laughs> 
<laughs> your breath's going. Your breath's going. We've got, it's a beautiful landscape. We should have said this, we're typical ADHDers here. We haven't even said where we are. Um, Would I'm anyone like in, to know? We're near Kentish, <laughs> Melissa Ryan in Kentish Town. Which park are we in? We're on the heath. We're on the heath. Right, we're on we're the We're on the home of the poets, the writers, the artists. There's a lot of very talented people from here. So yeah, we're, we've kind of started the walk at the edge of the park. There's a cafe here, isn't there? We've yeah. wandered with coffee. And Lovely farmer's market and, down there on a Saturday. I can imagine. Wandered through lots of dogs that we've seen. And now we're heading into kind of the woodland area. And you can probably hear a different sound, can't you? I'd imagine the, yes. on the mics, Charlie, you can hear a bit of a different sound when you go from the open space to when you've got the trees. Quite nice, I think. It's nice. It's mild today. I think I've actually over padded myself. It's, it's cold been really morning. cold. Um, we're, we're starting to see some signs of spring. We can see some. We've passed some snowdrops. We've passed a few dafts. It does still feel a bit autumny, doesn't it? Winter? It does. It does and it's that bit. kind of dull light. It is. It is. I hope. I, hope I, I love the spring. When you get that first proper day of spring, and you can really feel that like kind of zip in the air, and everything is just a bit more glowy. I love that time of year. Spring is my favourite. I always get excited yes. now because I know spring is is coming and depending when this episode kind of comes out it might already be entering into spring but i, I just i just really love it for that reason well and i also love hot cross buns and oh. um oh. it's the herald and we've just had oh. saint david's day as well haven't we yes absolutely do you make absolutely. welsh cakes i eat them <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how much making i do okay why I, don't we I next year I mean, you probably want to find a Welsh, a Welsh chef like Anna. Jo Anna Jones is a Welsh chef. Oh, she could teach you. Some, we can cook some. Welsh yeah, cakes. let's That'd learn together. God, it is beautiful. So isn't it? yeah, that is so funny. We're just um, jumping around everywhere, but that's how I got started, Alex. Mm. And then, you know, private chefing is for people who've got the cash. Yeah. Um, I couldn't afford a private chef myself, so there came a point where there's only so many people we could look after. We were, so we we're looking in the end after the whole of take that their friends, other actors, we're looking after James Corden. Um, and it was really fun, but you can't scale it up. Mm. And nor, we're not particularly business-minded, nor did we want to start hiring other chefs. So we started writing our recipes down, and we thought, who's going to share them? And there was no Instagram then. Yeah. There was Facebook, but really just for, like, checking on your ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Twitter was just for politicians yeah. and telling lies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, TikTok didn't even exist blogging had started and there was either a wordpress or a tumblr mm. i remember wordpress <laughs> do you remember start. yeah yeah exactly you must have been super young i mean well, 15 I, I years ago time. facebook was kind of when i was 16 17 yeah so so i remember saying if we're going to write up these recipes there's no point putting all that effort in unless we've actually got a platform to use sure so i said who's what could we do and we knew that magazines worked three or four months in advance and I said, who's, who's a magazine that's got a, a website? This is the thing. People didn't, web, magazines didn't really even have websites back then. And Vogue had Vogue.co.uk. And we asked everyone we knew if anyone knew anyone at Vogue. Vogue. And yeah. after a few months, we found somebody who worked in the fashion department. We said, is there a food department? They said, no, there's no food. It, it would be the beauty editor. And they gave us a go and said, well, just try it for a few weeks. And it took off. And now you've got to talk because I can't breathe. You're out of breath now. <laughs> Give yourself a breather. Okay. Well, it, I mean, it, it's amazing, really. As you speak, I think, gosh, it, it's crazy. Like, I, I was 16, 17 when Facebook started. I'm now 32. Think how much, like, not just the world, but just think about, like, those platforms for a second, how much it's all changed. Yeah. And the arenas. I mean, 
You were like an influencer back then. You're like, sorry, what are you talking about? There's no <laughs> hey, such thing as a career in you're, that, you're on. You've got a really great YouTube. Do you remember when YouTube was massive? Then it, it sort of fell by the wayside. It's kind and then of it's coming back, kind of back again. Bit. It's coming back a little bit. I think they're trying to revamp YouTube because I think people, they thought that everyone just wanted short format and now actually everyone's going the opposite way. And the interesting thing that actually even TikTok now, which was an extreme short format, they're trying to be more long format now. So oh. everything changes all of the time. I think you just kind of do your own thing and then it, do it kind your of works own out. Thing. And then you exactly. end up where you want to be. So you went from private chefing, you yep. kind of started with the blog. How has that ended up then through to where you well, are now? Well, very quickly, um, you may know this from, from your experience of, of gaining a profile quickly, was that publishers get in touch, yes. don't they? And they, they, they put out the word, you know, if you want to do something down the line, please think of us. Mm. And at the time, we thought, God, no. You know, uh, I think there was a real classic case of imposter syndrome as well. We're untrained chefs, very early on in the food business. I mean, for years, I didn't even call myself a chef. And even now, I'm always like, oh... But a chef is a, is, a, is a cook that works professionally. Well, that's kind of reminds me when I spoke to Tom Carriage about it. He said, well, to be honest, being a chef, you're, you're someone that cooks good food. And that's not taking away from the unbelievable amount of training it goes and things into it. But fundamentally, if you love food and you cook food well, then and you do it professionally, you're a chef. Yes, you? yes. And I guess it's the other thing of, you know, when did you start calling yourself a broadcaster? At what point did you go, right, I'm going to own that title? I think I, I struggled. It actually took me about two years to own the title of being a doctor, I think. When I started, yeah. I was like, oh, God. No, it, it took me about two years, honestly, before I was like, you know, I am a doctor. There's an interesting point, okay, and, and any med students listening will know this. Um, and actually, we used to kind of laugh a little bit when people used to wear stethoscopes around their neck. Like, first year, like, well, you're a first year, you know, medical student. Why is he wearing a stethoscope? Anyway, we had a thing particularly, I think it might have been just our university, I don't know. We never would wear a stethoscope until you kind of graduated. And then when you graduated, right. you wear the stethoscope. Like a rite of passage. Yeah, it's always like a rite of passage. It was silly, really, just playful. But when you start and you put the stethoscope on your neck, you're kind of like, oh, my God, am I actually a doctor? Like, someone's yeah. going to kind of catch me out here. So yeah. the imposter syndrome does creep in. And I guess when you're trying to cook for all these different kind of people and then you've got publishers coming in, it must be quite daunting, I guess. You, well, you're like, it, well, hang on, right, Christ, I need to step, I need to do this now. You know what? By, by that age, let's say 24, 25, I'd already had a couple of careers. Mm. I had started working at 18. I actually had wanted to be a doctor, Alex. I mm. don't know if I ever told you that. I did my science A-levels. And then I think I had a bit of a breakdown. Looking back now, I think I had a bit of a breakdown. I changed schools, went to a grammar six form, and, I, and, and other stuff was going on in my family and I had a bit of a breakdown and basically did really badly at my AS levels, lost confidence and just went, OK, I haven't got the grades. I actually went to a, a grammar six form that sort of churned out doctors and lawyers. Mm. And even now I sort of think, wow, if I hadn't had that wobble, mm. what could I be doing? So at 18, I remember the day after my, I finished my A-levels, I started working in a shoe shop and it was a tiny shoe brand and they're now known as Vivo Barefoot. I don't know if wow. you've ever come yeah, across yeah, them. And they're huge. Yeah, huge. And the whole idea being that a lot of the shoes that we wear, mm. you know, really squeeze our feet yeah, in and sure. we should let our feet spread and feet, our feet have 400,000 nerves and that's, you know, it's really connected to the mental ha- our mental health I'm and everything. I'm feeling a lot of those nerves through my left ankle right yeah. now. <laughs> they're screaming at you. <laughs> yes. So I, I worked in shoes retail. I used to fly to America and go to these really funny wholesale shows. One was called Fanny in New York. Uh, One called Magic in Vegas. I was like 19, couldn't even drink or go to certain (laughs) venues. Uh, And then at 22, I worked for a hospitality company. 
And so by 24, 25, when it all happened, I just thought, I didn't want to rush this. Mm. I wasn't burning, you know, I'd had a bit of money. I'd been earning since I was 18. Sure. So I just said, let's you slow it all down. Loads of debt. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. My friends had all come out of uni in debt and I was already quite established working. I didn't have a flat or anything like that. Yeah. But that was the other thing. I was cooking for people so mm. I could be on their sofas. Yeah. That's why people thought I had a cooking company. So you cook for people to stay yeah. on their sofas? Yeah. Not, they didn't say that's the deal. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. But, but that was my way of showing love. So, so by the time that um, the, the book office started coming in, I felt, I felt like quietly confident that I knew we didn't have to rush making decisions because sometimes in your early career, you're like, oh, will this opportunity never come again? And there definitely was a thing of like, oh my gosh, we're being offered a book deal. What if they go away again? And I thought, you know what? I don't think healthy cooking is going anywhere. In fact, it's been forgotten about for so long. We need to bring it back. I'm pretty sure that we can just take our time with this. And we were really overworking, to be honest, as well. So long story short, did some books together. And then my sister and I, my sister was really interested in Ayurveda. I was really interested in good food for all. Mm. So I started connecting with different charities like the Felix Project who redistribute surplus food and give it to communities, hospitals. They fed lots of NHS workers during the pandemic. Um, and I started spending more time on that. So then I've done three books by myself. My last book, Feel Good, is Healthy Comfort Food. And with a, with a big emphasis on brain health in the sense that I love the acronym. Do you know it? Brain Foods by Dr. Uma Naidu. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. So B of brain foods. Remember, yeah. B is berries and beans. Mm. R is a rainbow of food. A is antioxidants. I is includes protein. N is nuts and seeds. F is fermented foods. O is omegas. The other O is oils. D for dairy, full fat dairy. And S for spices. And so that and the amazing... Kimberly Wilson, who we both know, yes. psychologist with a, a speciality in nutrition and, and brain health. I was like, I just want to focus on recipes that include lots of those ingredients. Um, and with that came, you know, I was on my own mental health journey. And especially when I struggled with my fertility, I, I almost was working more on my mental health than my fertility, if that made sense, because I needed my mental health to help me through the fertility. Well, absolutely. It's kind of, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? We often do things and put all of our energy into things that damage our mental health but actually if we put the effort into our mental health everything else often falls yes. into place yes yes it's, it's taken me yeah. probably to the age of 30 to, to kind of realize that and and the more that you invest in yourself and the more you invest in how you feel mentally and physically the more capable you are isn't it and, and dealing with challenges and so on exactly because my body my brain was saying to me after i had some losses was you know what, don't rush into the next round. Look after yourself, you've had a loss. You need to grieve or you, you, you should feel you've got time to grieve and your body's been flooded with hormones. Like mm. this is the interesting thing I think we're starting to really realize after miscarriages and pregnancy loss at different stages is that your body is flooded still with hormones and, and they say, don't they, I don't know. There was a really great podcast with Mother Pucker mm. Anna and Mylene Class, and that it's now been proven that after you lose a baby, you retain some of the baby's, the fetus's DNA mm. forever. Mm. So, you know, that's something to really work through. It just, and, you just realise, don't you? I think historically there's been a bit of like, all right, get on with it now or get over yeah. it. Or, 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 and there's always been that almost that feeling 
actually Elizabeth Day um, yes. spoke about it with the idea of like failure of miscarriage. Like there's such a lay, like a, there's almost like a feeling both in medical circle and externally and just societally that it's almost like a failure having a miscarriage rather yep. than realising that you are part of a process that's happened to you. Yes. It almost feels like you're involved in why that's happened, which is... Yes. Which is really potentially quite damaging, isn't it? And they actually are working on the medical terms now to make them less... Yeah. Well, like, in, like incompetent cervix and <laughs> yeah. all this kind of stuff. It's like, wow, that really I've, helps. I, I've got... A t I had a tatty endometrium, Alex. A tatty one? A oh, tatty goodness. one, yeah. And I had a meaty polyp as well. <laughs> a meaty polyp. Oh, it does make you know, as you realise, I mean... I mean, I'm people, laughing now, I cried about people, it. I know, better <laughs> you you realise that, you know, a lot of the words that we use in medicine were made so very long ago. Yes. And we have, I think, even though we've got a long way to go, come quite a long way. Unfortunately, our words haven't come with... I mean, look at ADHD. Yeah. ADHD yeah. is one of the most stupid names ever, because actually at least half of it isn't true. Yeah. I mean, if we focus on hyperactivity, 10% of people are hyperactive. I mean... So yes. much of it is just wrong. And we'll, yes. come, we'll come on to ADHD in the third part. Guys, thank you so much for listening to part one with Melissa, Hamzy and I. We've had a lovely stomp so far. We're having a little bit out of breath. I got a bad ankle. Melissa <laughs> got a bad ankle and she's pregnant but powering on. So <laughs> we're doing rather well. I hope you've enjoyed part one. We'll be back with part two just shortly. If you're joining us today, fantastic. Otherwise, we'll see you very soon. Goodbye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.